the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. Welcome to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. And today we have with us Reginald Brumman Ballard and my lovely co-host, Tiffany Jones Smith. <laughs> on the record with Tiffany and Kevin, not the way around. You always do. <laughs> always oh, it is straight. You know, I just always want to top billing, Reginald. Huh? I already know that. Hey, that billing means something. Your agent fights for that second, you know, second billing, first billing. That, that, that that's a struggle. You know, you want you want single card. You don't want to be on there with like. Uh, Tiffany, Kevin, Reggie, no. Tiffany, then next, Reggie, Kevin. <laughs> that's, right. that's how it's supposed to go. I love it. Right. I love it. Card, single card, first name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody hears that, right? I'm about to start saying Tiffany and Kevin. But maybe was fighting one day, man, uh, of the producers. They said, no, he wanted, he wanted to be single card, Reginald Ballard, you know, no other person on the name. Like, so when you see that on the movies, you see like one person's name on there, they fought for that. So when you oh. see like the next things wow. like Danger Jones, Denzel and blah, 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 they, they they got three on one card. So they fight for that stuff. It's like, you know, it ain't, they just, that's just not by coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> that you is interesting. You just got yeah. grandfathered in. You didn't even, and you put yourself <laughs> up the front. <laughs> I jumped to the front of the bus, baby. Uh, uh, hey, as everybody knows, one of our big things is that we believe that we should go out into the community and advocate for ourselves. And along the way, we build coalitions of people. And so that as we better our group, like uh, we also end up having to better other people because we have to build coalitions. And our thing is Tiffany it serves at the, as the CEO of the Texas Kidney Foundation and also serve on the board as well. And so we want we've been working with Reginald because he is our kidney ambassador. And he's been gracious with us with his time and, and, and lending us his his name and everything to advance the cause of to advance information and knowledge uh, for kidney disease for patients. And so one of the things since 2014, just interesting fact to it, is that the number of people receiving a living donation of a kidney has fallen off, right? It's fallen off uh, uh, for black people. It's fallen off uh, for brown people uh, 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 quite dramatically. And so we wanted to uh, uh, get Reggie on and talk about life on dialysis and then life after uh, a transplant. And there's a, there's a big substantial difference. Anything you want to add there, Tiffany? A significant statistic on that is that uh, less than 20% of the people who qualify to be worked up for oh, yeah. a kidney uh, transplant, but less less than 20% of the people that qualify actually get worked up. So mm-hmm. 80% of the people who should be yeah. uh, primed and ready for a kidney transplant aren't. They haven't received any of the information. And, and that that's one of our main reasons. I know that's a... a major cause uh, and uh, very close to Reginald's heart and it is to mine too because uh, it's life changing to have have a a kidney transplant Reg what do you have to say about it oh yeah it is it is a a major change it's like it's like night and day man you sometimes you forget how you supposed to feel in life. It's like, you know, you're not supposed to have pain when you, when, when you walk around every day. You're not supposed to have people think, well, oh, well, I'm just, I'm getting old or this, this. No, it's not supposed to be pain. You're not supposed to have, you know, discomfort. And you kind of forget sometimes that you 
you are in this kind of discomfort. And then, you know, once you go through the process of like dialysis and stuff, you start saying, wow, man, oh, this is how I used to feel when I felt good. And when you get a kidney transplant, like, wow, this is how I used to feel, you know, and um, because your brain could trick yourself into thinking that, you know, discomfort is normal, you mm -hmm. know, it's, it's a normal process, you know, so you, your mind starts making you think that, okay, I'm supposed to be like this. I just, you know, if I do this and do this, just don't do that no more. You know, one time I, I remember I had a high school coach who said, you went to the doctor and said, doc, it hurt. You know, when I do this, the doctor said, well, they don't do that. <laughs> so you start thinking that, you know, okay, if I move over here, I know this hurts, so I ain't going to do that no more. I ain't going to do that or I ain't going to do this. But you are supposed to do the things that you, you know, normally, you know, used to do four or five years ago. But now, you know, when you had this situation with kidneys, man, it affects a whole lot of things. And once you get that transplant, you understand that, hey, wow, I feel back normal again. I can go do this now. I can go do that now. Yeah. You know, like talk about about uh, the adjustment. So that is what people do. You adjust to whatever the circumstance is. You know, That's people right. act like like um, like poor people or black people or uh, whatever. Anybody that's suffering from a chronic illness, like they're just lazy. Oh, they just don't they they just right. don't don't care about themselves in the same way everybody else does no that's not true it's no it's not it's not it's not and then you know being on dialysis you know that's a whole nother ball game it's it's um you're talking about time consuming you're talking about missed mm -hmm. vacations you're talking about mm -hmm. you know uh missed time spending with family and yeah. and and going places that you want to go doing things you want to do because you're sitting you're giving up um, 12 hours a week of your life, mm -hmm. you know, sitting in the chair. So that you, a day, three days a week. Yeah, yeah, four hours, man. We, you know, for, sometimes, you know, you have to go, I think I had to do uh, like four and a half or something like that because it's, there's a difference when they put it, when they put the catheter in your chest versus in your arm. Mm -hmm. So when your chest, it takes a little bit more time, you know, so I had to sit there because like chest is a temporary thing because they know you're about to get a transplant status. so when you go on the first time they'll mm -hmm. say okay well you know you 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 have a kidney uh person that, that's going to donate so we'll just put a cat you know put the thing here and mm -hmm. usually that's like six months you know but when they put it in your arm you know it's like a long-term process so i had to sit in the chair a little bit longer then the, you know i used to see the other cats getting out four hours i'm still sitting there you know four and a half four hours and 45 minutes you know, but, you know, it, it, it's the thing about dialysis is, you know, people be drained after. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that effect, though. And for, on me, you know, I was energized. I was like, wow. So I used to, right after I get out, I go play golf, you know. And people are like, how you do that, man? But then I had a crash later on at night, you know, later mm -hmm. on in, in the evening. You know, I'm like, wow, I'm exhausted, man. But, man, it, it's a process, you know. I mean, just sitting in a chair, and you see your life going through a tube in front of you. You know, it's like you see the blood just, just, just in a tube, and you know, you know that's your lifeline. Like, what if you know, I live in California? Like, what if an earthquake happened, or, okay. or what if somebody coming in and just cut my line? You know, so it's like I'm looking <laughs> at my lifeline outside of my body, man. You know what I mean? And 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 and, and it, it can get real. You can, you can become real, um, um, you know, just just down and depressed. Yeah. Because this this process, you know, that's the only thing that's keeping you alive is the machine, you know. And there are so, high rates of depression with dialysis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when I when I see dialysis units, it it really uh, gets to me because you know we in this country we can put tr a trillion dollars into a war, and yet. Mm. We have chronic illnesses like kidney disease and other illnesses. Yes. And we we aren't putting the money into early detection protocols in hospitals, uh, early detection protocols in uh, clinics with clinicians. We could change this so that we don't see 80% of the people that, that go into renal failure don't have to go into renal failure. 
We right, literally right. can change it with early detection, with therapeutics that we have right now, SGLT2Is. We mm -hmm. can change chronic kidney disease. But right see, now. but here's the thing too, Tiffany. Reg and I were talking this before the before we started recording was that. Is, you, know, you and I have been dealing this week with scientists, right? And, and it's yeah. not my favorite group of people yeah, to deal with. <laughs> and so, but we, <laughs> but we have the technology that can work. We have the medication. Transplantation is in and of itself a miracle. Like it always, I'm always amazed that you could take somebody else's organ, put it into somebody else, sew it up, and it'll work. Mm -hmm. And connect all and, of those tiny <laughs> blood vessels. I mean, it's phenomenal yeah. that the surgeons can yeah. do what they can do. And so we have right. solutions, right? But I, I feel that that dialysis should be a temporary solution and sort of a stopgap to get someone else where they where they belong, right? If, if they go into kidney failure, right? And I think there are a lot of things that can be done even before you get to kidney failure, right? As you just become aware of what your kidney numbers are, and there's a lot of things in terms of protocol that you know Tiffany referenced that that are out there, they're in the scientific literature, the scientific community is aware of it, the medical community is aware of it, right? But, you know, as in life, like people get, some people do it well, some people don't, right? So right. that's the part that's very frustrating to me is that, is that people go through these things, right? And that tends to be the norm. And that, and that just drives me crazy. Right. That's just me going on. A lot, and that's why we're here. You know, that's how, how, uh, we hooked up with Reggie. <laughs> That's why, because the three of us are powerful when it comes down to understanding this and being able to talk to people about it. Everybody been through it, so yeah. <laughs> I'm a living witness right here. You know, and yeah. and I'm gonna tell you, you can do anything to slow the process of your kidney. Uh, deteriorating on you. If you can slow that process down and, and, and reverse your, your lifestyle, you know, your, your, your eating habits and uh, the things that you do, I'm telling you, it'll benefit because you don't, you don't, you don't want to have to do the dialysis. I mean, when I went to my doctor the first time, well, it wasn't the first time I went to him and, um, you know, he had his dialysis uh, 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 place right on site as his office, right next to his office. So, he took me by the room. He said, "Man, you got you got to take a little bit better care, man." And um, he said, "Cause he took me, he said you don't want to be in there." And I seen the chairs, man. And for some reason, I knew that was in my in my in my future, you know. So eventually, it, it was. And but you know, you deal with things. You deal with. It. You say, "Okay, well, this is what I have to do to get better." Mm -hmm. And I have to sit here for you know, three Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I have to sit here and and do what I have to do. And it worked out, man. It worked out. I mean, things things have a tendency of working themselves out. So, you know, it, it helped me. And then once I got the kidney, it was like, it, it was crazy because right after that, right after I got the kidney transplant, I was, I was, they, they were taking me back to my room, and and I was waking up out of the anesthesia. I was like, yo, I, yo, I got, I got to pee, I got to pee. They say, no, don't worry about it. You, you don't have to pee. It's just the catheter up in you. I say, no, nah, man, I got to pee. I got to pee. They say, yeah, you, you peeing now. And it's like, you know, it, it, that sensation I had didn't have in a long time, you know, because, you know, when you go through that, you don't, you don't have to, you know, urinate. And uh, it felt good just to have that feeling back again, man. It, it didn't, you know, I, I didn't think I was paying enough. I said, man, man <laughs> it's working, man. I, I was in the house, I was like, man, I, I kept looking at the, the bag. I'm like, dang, it's not working. They said, we'll take a while for it to wake up. Take a while because my kidney came from the East Coast. So it said, it, it, it take a while for it to wake up. And I was like, man, it's not, it's not working. It's not working. So I had to, um, when I came home and stuff, you know, they had to, you have to, have to measure your urine. So I, I used to pee. And um, then, man, I was like, I just peeing a little. And then all of a sudden, dude, I was like fitting up some things, you know, and, and <laughs> had, to, had to record each milliliter, each milliliter, how much you pee. I was peeing so much. And uh, it was funny. Uh, so when you go into the doctor, you know, for your checkups every week, you have to you have to bring the the chart of how much urine that you urine urinated, and um start bringing the chart. And the doctor would say, "Yeah, man, don't be like this one guy. This one guy brought all of the urinals with him <laughs> to show us how much." He had like five boxes. And said, "No, we don't want to see that." <laughs> 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 
Uh, I don't know if we should end this segment on that. I love it. That's what it was, man. He's like uh, bringing boxes and boxes of his own urine to the hospital every week. They say, no, 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 no. Just, you always just have that one guy, right, who goes overboard. Yeah. <laughs> I used to keep with me in the car, man, because, you know, I, I, I wasn't controlled. It's like, yo, man, I have to go now. I have to go now. I wasn't used to that. You know, that's like, yo, I have to go now, you know, and, um, and now, like every every morning at three o'clock, man, and a, every morning never fail three a.m. I have to get up to go pee, because I always said that you know by my kidney coming from the east coast, it wakes up earlier over on the west coast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, every morning fail, man. That's like, like six o'clock on the east is already used to be enough. I'm still sleeping at three o'clock. I got to get up. That is hilarious. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin uh, and our special guest, Reginald Broman Ballard on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent But Deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website, silentbutdeadly.org, take a 12-question test, and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org. And we're back here at 9.30 a.m. The Answer, and you are watching and listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin, and our special guest, Reginald Ballard. I notice I put myself first, Kevin. Folks, too. Tiffany looking good, man. Tiffany, y'all doing something over there. Y'all, y'all doing something over there. You, you got the glow today. What's going I on? I've been working there? out. Is that what it is? Yeah. You look like you smell like a fresh, warm baby bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been doing walking out for kidneys. It, it, it's oh, that's good, good, man. That's good, man. That's it's good. Funny. All right, Red. So we talked about last uh, in the last session about you being uh, on dialysis, and then that trans yeah. how you trans how you uh, moved over and got the the transplant. And then how life improved there. So talk about that now. That now you're able to do the things that you were able to do before, and uh, some of the the adjustments. And it's funny, you know. Sometimes you take things for granted, man. You're like, man, when I get this kidney, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that. I ain't gonna do this, and I'm not gonna do that. And every time it never fails when people are sick, and they say, you know, well, give me another chance, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna do this. Soon as you get well. You go back and start doing some of the mm-hmm. things that you did before. That you did before, you know, and um, you can't do that, you know. And I and, and I have, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself, you know. And um, but I think back, I say, well, you know, I don't want to be in that chair again. I don't want to be sitting there looking at, you know, my blood go through my my body and back into a machine to get clean and come back to my body. So, um, but no. It, it, it's, I mean, I feel, it, it, you know, the, the freedom of being able to move around, the freedom of being able to be able to go on uh, trips and vacations to go work, you know, get on the plane and don't have to worry about. Uh, I, I never had to get on the plane. Like, you know, I travel almost every week, weekend. So at that time, it was the pandemic going on. So I didn't have to travel, you know, because there wasn't anything going on. So it was cool because I didn't have to, I, I wasn't, the guy that had to travel somewhere and have to set up a dialysis session, you know, like sometimes yeah. they travel, they got to set up a site. I never had to do that. I always went to the dialysis over here in California at my at the spot that I go to. So it, 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 it was better for me. And that's why I say like now, man, it's easier. And it, 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 it's like a fresher breath. Of, I mean, a, 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 a fresh of, uh, I mean, the air. Fresher breath. Yeah, breath of fresh air. It's like because now I can move around, man. I can go places. I can do what I want to do, and um, you know I could drink water. You know because when you're on dialysis, you can't really drink much water. You know because um, you know you, your body's not you know flushed it out properly. So um, you know to drink water, to guzzle water, and and and, and the, you know to go play golf and the, 
not to thinking about, you know, I have to go to bed early because I, I used to have to get up at 3 a.m., like 2.30, 3 a.m., mm-hmm. because my dialysis session was at 4, I think. So 4 in the morning, so I used to get wow. done. Yeah, so I, my day was cool because I used to get done by 8 o'clock. But um, just to get up Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every day at, at 2.30, just to go all the way to Long Beach. From, from Pasadena, that's a little drive, man. That's about mm-hmm. maybe 45 minutes drive every day. And um, so I used to have to get up, do that. Now, man, the first time I didn't have to do that, man, it felt so good, man. It just felt yeah. like, wow, I don't have to get up today, you know. I'm getting up now at 3 o'clock just to go pee. <laughs> 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 I have to go drive 45 minutes, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it is it, it, a, it's a big transition, man, and a big relief. You know, so there are like you people that's out there in, in, in stage four and you have to go on dialysis and, you know, it, it's not, you know, I mean, it can be discouraging and depressing, but at the same time, just think of it like this. I mean, you know, you're doing it so that, you know, it's holding it's like, like, like you say, Kevin, it's a, it's a waiting period, a holding yeah. period come better. So yeah. just look at it like that. You know what I mean? It, 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 yeah. It's time that it passes. It passes. So especially hearing that there's a three to six month wait with the parent donation registry. When he said that, uh, that to me that's a game changer for anybody that is looking for a kidney transplant. And let's explain what we mean by parent donation, right? So, uh, parent donation is where. You, you do not have to have a family member that matches you exactly. You just simply have right. to have someone who says, hey, I'm willing to give a kidney on your behalf. So and then they you, have to be healthy enough to be able to give a kidney. Yes. You just right. have to have a person who is healthy enough to be able to give a kidney. They do not they don't have, have to be a match. match to you. Yeah, a match. As long as they help, they have to be a match with you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so then you and that person go enter in, you go, you go in, you get all the, the, the go through the test and make sure you're healthy and meet the criteria. And then you and that person are entered, your names are entered into a computer system that goes out and looks for a match for you, then looks for a match that that person matches with. And the system, the computer does what it does. And oftentimes, it comes, yeah, and oftentimes it comes back with really strong candidates and strong matches. And I think, Reggie, you said, I mean, you had a a record, right, where you you were like, what, 15, 20 minutes? 15 minutes. They told me that um, they told me that my wife, my wife was a match for me, but her size was too small. So we needed another one. And my wife was donating. So when they said, okay, she donating the kidney to you. Now we got to find a match. Took 15 minutes, man. 15 minutes. They called back, said, we found a match. You know, we're going to do the process this day. And I was like, hey, let's make it happen. We did it. And uh, everything worked out, man. Everything worked out. So, yeah. So that's so, why, you know, know somebody that, that want to, you know, they, the doctor told me, say, you know, somebody at the church, you know, they want to get, I said, man, I don't go to church, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so do, do you have a friend? I said, man, all my friends sick too. <laughs> <laughs> And you're like, well, you got problems. I said, no, nah, man, my wife said she's down with it, man. <laughs> it's really worked, man. She was healthy. And even though she was too small, you know, to give me her kid, I think she could have, but they said it probably wouldn't last as long as somebody that, you know, probably a better match for my size. Yeah. And, so, yeah, so. She had a yeah. size three kidney. You had what, a size 12? You need yeah, a size 12? Yeah, like, about 16 or something like that. She had the little bit of kidney. <laughs> Right now, they looked at my kidney. They say, "Boy, the nurse looked at it on the on the on the uh, ultrasound." She said, "Boy, you got the cattle, you got the rose voices of kidneys. Look at all that fatty tissue around there. Look at all that, all that. That's good right there. That's the rose voice of kidneys." <laughs> and that's the beauty of doing something like that, like uh, the pair donation registry, because they really do a good job yeah. of of matching you up genetically, making sure that all this stuff that making sure you have the, the most optimum uh, kidney match. Yes. Yes. I yes. mean, it's, yes. it's, uh, it's amazing what they can do. And that's a game changer for uh, the, the population of people that are waiting for a kidney. 
I, yeah. Most of them, when we start talking to people about this, what we find over and over again is that people have never heard of the kidney swap. They've never heard of paired donation. I and they, they're completely unaware of the fact that they don't have to have a perfect match. I didn't know anything about that. Completely unaware of that. So I, I was nervous and worried. I was like, man, I have to be doing this for years and years and years. And, you know, the doctor said, no, no. He said, you know, we have a, a program now at USC is what I, what I did mine out yep. here in California. That's a good hospital. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yo, yo, this is what we do. And uh, so the doctors were cool, went in there, man. They explained everything. They told me what I have to do. And this we this is we going to do. And, you know, we did it. And um, it worked out, man. It worked out. It was I, I couldn't ask for anything better, you know, because um, wasn't wasn't any complications, and you know, like I said, I just thought I just thought the kidney didn't work in the beginning. I'm like, man, I think the <laughs> dude, man. <laughs> you giving him a million dollars worth of trouble because you know I yeah, yeah. had a transplant. Yeah, trying to get me back on down. You can alleviate a whole lot of problems, man, just by what you eat. You know, like they say, man, use yeah. your food as your medicine or you're going to be using your medicine as your food. Yeah, so. that's true. And I think that's a good spot to end this segment on. Uh, you've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer, home of Conservative Talk Radio. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. You're tuned in to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio, where our politics is black first and our identity is the American descendants of the formerly enslaved foundational black people. That's right, we're the originals, right? Here in this great country of America. We are building allies with people that we choose, not the ones that were chosen for us. And we always keep in mind here of the words of Malcolm X, hey, we are not so blinded by patriotism that we can't be in touch with reality. All right, I love that intro. Are you like, you guys like that? I like that. I was just at the Sutton House, uh, Malcolm X's lawyers. Hold on. We'll give you a chance to correct you on the radio, ma'am. <laughs> I like right. that. We want to explain, Tiffany, why we do what we do uh, in, in this healthcare space, which is what we want to do, right? So we want to give our, uh, our uh, Reg the opportunity to explain why he why he's a kidney ambassador, and then we'll give you an opportunity to explain why you work with the Kidney Foundation, and then I'll do the same there, okay? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Can we have a conversation? Yes, we can. So, Reg, tell us why yeah. you're involved with the foundation and, uh, you know, give us the, what's going on and, and tell us what's why you do what you do with us. Well, the first first reason, I mean, I'm the type of person that um, I look at causes and look at different uh, issues and, you know, I, I dabble in it here and I dabble in it there. But when something hits home, when it when it affects you personally, which uh, kidney disease has affected me personally, and um, the process that I went through, you know, for as the um, got screened and um, you know, well, basically, I had a issue with um, you know the complications of kidney disease. So when I went through that process with the doctors and the, the uh, dialysis and the kidney transplant. I was like, you know what? I know this. I mean, this 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 is something that's real close to me now. You know, I know the process that I went through, and if I can stop anybody, uh, help anybody um, to stop, you know, uh, to to ward off going through the whole process that I went through, you know, and if they have to go through the process, I want to give them knowledge of of um, what to expect, and um, know that the options that they have is not the options that they probably only been told. So mm-hmm. there are many options to deal with this situation. And I want to bring that to the forefront so that people could understand, you know, what um, kidney disease is and um, how it have, how will it affect your whole family, not only your life, but, you know, everybody mm-hmm. around you. So that's what makes me want to be a part of this, this, this um, uh, 
crusade to fight kidney disease, you know, because it's, it's real dear and near to my heart, man, because I've been through it, you know, and, um, my wife been through it with me, my kids. And, you know, um, that's something I, I really believe in, man, because, you know, all other things that I look at, I, it, it really haven't affected me in, in that, in that, in that way. But this is something that, man, you know, you can feel it and I've been through it and, and, I want to let everybody know that there is a way you it, it's not a death sentence. And, um, you know, you don't have to be afraid to go and get screened, get checked. Some people may feel that their kidneys is not uh, functioning properly, but too afraid to go to the doctor because they, they, they don't want to hear the, the, the diagnosis. And they think it's like a, a life sentence where they have to be locked down for four hours every day doing dialysis. It's not like that. So I want to, you know, educate people to know everything about, the things that that um, kidney disease involves. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, Tiffany, any comment on that? Well, I was just going to say I, I I understand that because you know it strikes passion in your heart because you know when you see somebody go through kidney disease when you have it yourself, it is it there is a certain amount of fear attached to that where okay, what am I going to do next? there's not a cure for kidney disease. So as soon as you hear that there's not a cure for kidney disease, immediately you think that there aren't options. But there are options. You know, and once you go through this with family and see like what the different options are and how they can be exercised, then you want to see them from the rooftops. So that you can let people know, A, early detection is probably the key to all of this finding it early and making sure that patients understand what it is. So if you can get into stages one, two, and three, that's optimal. But B, that even in stages four and five, there are options. Yeah. Yeah. There are options. Yeah. And, you know, once you realize that, then the fatalism that's attached to people to being diagnosed, it, it disappears because you know wait a minute, there are options, what are my options? And let's see how I can best utilize that for me and my family. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So tell us your why. So why, why do you do what you do with the foundation? Why, give us a walk through that. Well, I've lost over, uh, I've lost 15 family members to chronic uh, and rare kidney disease. Well, at the time when I started the foundation, it was nine people. And I thought, huh, there has to be something genetic. Because of the way that we were family members, you know, with pockets of people in in uh, in family units. So the mom and dad, four sisters, you know, the dad and, and two kids. And then you just look at it and, and it's like, okay, how is this? possible and it's not genetic. There has to be at least some genetic factor that's informing all of this happening. And uh, so I was looking for that. And also, uh, I wanted to know, you know, what happens if you find it early? Can't we, can't we stop this from, from ending in, in stage renal disease? Can't we fix that? And, you know, that was really what, what made me go, okay, Let's just take a look and see what can be done. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the big thing for me uh, was what you know. I'd never really heard of kidney disease in my brain. It was something that old people got right, or some unlucky soul. It wasn't like with cancer, or prostate cancer, right? So prostate cancer, you know, you know, check your private parts, look for lumps, et cetera, right? I'd heard about that before. Breast cancer, and in my for me, it felt like an injustice. Here's something that is happening that once you start looking into it, there's a way to screen for it. There are medications to reduce uh, the, the, uh, the possibility of it occurring as rampantly as it is in certain populations. It's like we have everything that's there, but it's not getting to the people that's needed. And to me, that feels, I hate to use that word injustice, but it is. It's an injustice. It's an, and at first I thought, well, they're just doing this to black people. And then once you start looking at the numbers, they're doing it to everybody. When the magic they, I mean, by that I mean the medication and and the therapeutics aren't getting out to us, right? And then yeah. coming in and volunteering with the foundation, kind of off and on with Tiffany when she was doing it full time, 
you just are like, oh my God, right? There's all this wonderful technology, right? There are ways to, uh, to, uh, to, to find living donors, right? We know that living donors, that is the, I mean, that's the great, the great solution for those whose kidneys have failed, right? We have medications now, SGLT2 inhibitors that reduce right, the, the, the damage caused by diabetes, high blood pressure. And even now there's research that's demonstrating that even with people who don't have diabetes and high blood pressure, but they had kidney failure, it actually reduces uh, the damage caused by, you know, that's going on in the body. And, and for me, I, I always say this on the station, I believe in American exceptionalism. I believe that America is the greatest country, faults and all, solution to a problem or we need a solution, we can eventually find it, right? And when you look at kidney space, you're like, wait a minute, there's all types of solutions to the issue. There's ways to screen people, there's medication to give people if it's detected early. Like, what the heck is the solution, right? And I always emphasize that this is about building coalitions, right, across spaces, across space, right? So I identify as the American descendant of the formerly enslaved FBA, right? I'm proud of that as an American, right? But in the way our system is set up, we have to go and build coalitions. And I was like, why isn't this happening? Why aren't we getting the medications? Why aren't others who are also impacted by this getting the medications and the therapeutics? And that just doesn't sit right with me as an American, that we have all of these technologies, all this stuff is available but yet people aren't getting it. And to me, that's sad. And that's that's my big why, and that it feels that there's a strong sense of injustice, right? I kind of, I was raised as a Baptist kiddo, and I'm like, this is wrong, and this needs to be correct, right? Yeah. A, a real sense of indignation on my part. So that's my why on my part there. Sorry to be a little preacher. No, that's good. That, that, that's, a good that's a good why. So uh, I, I'm teasing Tiffany because she went to an event uh, before we came on, uh, in which it was a, a, a summit event, and she had a little more fire than I just presented there uh, on, on her why there. So give us a little bit about that, Tiffany. What went on uh, at that meeting and, uh, that you can share uh, that, that kind of got you stirred? Well, it was a global health summit, and I'm sitting there like, okay, I, I was invited to the Global Health Summit. It was held here in San Antonio, where we headquarter. Um, and I was invited by somebody from Austin. So I get there, and the thing that I saw was there, there weren't very many Black Americans there. There were like three or four of them. Um, no, I'm, Black Americans as in uh, uh, this, you know, descendants of slaves of the formerly enslaved. There weren't very many of those. And then there were just a handful of, of uh, people who were Nigerian, uh, of African descent from different nations there. Just a handful of them. The folks that were there were largely, you know, a bunch of, of uh, scientists who didn't look like us. And it was supposed to be an equity summit you know, that was the theme of the summit. Uh, I think the theme was a great thing to have, uh, but there was there was a sore lack of representation of the people that actually are closest to the problem. You know, the pe- people who are closest to the problem are the people that are the most likely to solve the problem or come up with solutions for the problem because uh, you have a vested interest in it. I mean, is there anybody that's going to be more interested in getting transplants to people than you, Rich? There may be people no. who are interested, yeah. but there's not going to be some scientist who is doing this for the arc of their career, <laughs> watching this build up right. Right. whatever, that's going to have nearly as much zeal for getting the information out to people for finding better therapeutic solutions than you. Because right. you went through this. Because I've been through it, yeah. People that are more on fire for it than me. Because uh, I've lost family members to this. I have yes. I have a genetic allele, APOL1, that is is uh, the first genetic allele that's been, been connected to descendants of, of West Sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah, mm. you better believe I want to figure out what's, wrong, what's happening here. 
and why we're not getting all of our options. So yeah, I did uh, go to that summit and ask a bunch of questions to the point where one of the uh, commissioners here said from the the uh, stage, "Don't get the mic," which which really annoyed me. What? Don't give him away. Don't let her ask. But but somebody else to ask questions, and that was after I said to HHS that I didn't see them in these streets either, because we did see them in these streets. Hey, so let's clarify a couple of things, right? So, which I want to clarify is one: we're not talking about us, you know, finding the medical solutions. The medical solutions are out. Are people who have already found the solutions? There are people who they're out there. I mean, they are available. They are there. We actually have therapeutics that are available yeah. that slow down yeah. the progression of kidney disease, that, yes. that impact diabetes in a in a very positive way. We have all this stuff, you guys. Yet, so, it's not making it to the African-American community. It's not making it to the Hispanic community. It's not making it to the poor white communities. It is not making it to people who do not have means. It's not making it to people who do have means. Yeah. Well, it's, and, and, and that's the way it is. It's like, you know, diseases seem like whatever whatever person... Oh, I can't hear you, Reggie. Oh, can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Can hear you. Yep. Oh, you can. Okay, good. Now, I say that the diseases are like whatever um, person that that is affected by it, you know, um, it seems like it don't get to it don't get to that community, but yeah. you know, <laughs> you take you take Viagra. The whoever invented Viagra made sure every man. Boom! <laughs> See, I say something like that too. Like, come on now, you can, you can Viagra to everybody out there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Hey, I love that. Hey, hey, let's go around this section. I love it. Over to you, man. All right, and you've been listening to that episode, that episode of On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, home of Conservative Talk Radio. Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about, or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, on the record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say. Because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house, just like at ours. You are tuned in again with On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio, where our politics is black first. And our identity is the American descendants of the formerly enslaved FBA foundational black Americans. Right. And as we talk about issues uh, of injustice and oppression uh, to the American descendants of the formerly enslaved, we keep in mind Malcolm X's quote. Right. Which is we are not so blinded with our patriotism that we can't face reality. All right. On the last session there, uh, Reg, you brought up something very important. Right. Let's go with your yeah. Viagra analogy. I love it. Yeah. Is that, you know, like 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 our people, you know, we. Uh, we we are affected, you know, way more than other ethnic groups out here with kidney disease. And, you know, we don't mm-hmm. find a way to go to the doctor to get screened. We don't find a way, to, you know, to, to, to uh, get kidney health. Uh, but like when, <laughs> the Viagra, hey, when, when that started messing with you, hey, every black man on this in this doggone country know how to go get that hundred milligram. They know how to get that hundred milligram. They say, man, we can get that from Walgreens. You know, we can get that from <laughs> you don't need no doctor. Uh, there's ways around that. They know all the ways around the Viagra, but they don't know how to just walk up into the doctor and say, Hey man, I want to get screened. Go into the clinic, mm-hmm. but I want to get screened for kidney disease. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you let you you let that one thing happen. That, that like you know when man say, Hey, this don't normally happen to me. That one time he gonna go <laughs> and, then, and it just might it just might be something he ate that day, but he gonna go get that check. <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's fun, but it's but it's true. Like, come on, yeah. There's, yeah. there's two things that have to happen here. One, because uh, you know, when we took over uh, Texas Kidney Foundation and stepped into our our calling here, I. Uh, 
I started looking for, and our, our team started looking for, okay, what is it? Where are the holes? What's happening that that people are not getting the information that they need to get? Mm -hmm. Well, the first thing that we found was, was protocols. The kidney disease is diagnosed in stage three once you've been in stage three for three months, but it's detected by practitioners in stages one and two. It's simply not... It's, it's being monitored and it's and they're not telling patients in many cases that they have stage one or stage two of kidney disease or stage three. Um, and in other cases, um, they're downplaying it. And it's mm. in those nuances of not telling them and downplaying it that we have numbers like 55% of people who uh, find themselves in renal failure had no idea they had any stage of kidney disease. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's how you get a number. Like yes, yes. So when we saw that, then we were like, okay, there's a major disconnect here with education and what should be done in terms of the primary care physicians, like because they're the ones who are managing most of this. So they okay. they need to be they need to tell patients in stages one, two, and three, hey, you have you have kidney disease. It's stage one. And yep. if you continue on this trajectory, you could potentially end up in renal failure. But if you make these changes, yeah. uh, it's a game I mean, you'll, you'll never have to go into renal failure. Yeah, just go, you know, just get screened. The screen okay. is like, it's, it's, it's a simple thing, simple process, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, it's just like, you know, like, like, like to go back to the, to the reference of the Viagra, it's just like this. It's like, you know, I know you might not want to go to the doctor, you know, to get the Viagra. But you're going to find a way to do it. So a lot of times you go into these little gas stations, get that big red pill. They say, "Hey, this works just like that." So, so it's just like it's just like going to a clinic versus a doctor. You go to gas station, go to the clinic. You don't have to go to the doctor. Just go get screened. Exactly. The same thing, the same process, same steps. Oh God! <laughs> you just got to take it a little bit more serious. You know what I mean? Take it that serious, like you would take. You know, if that if that's not working, you're going to take that. You're going to be, hey man, I got to get this fixed. But it's just like kidney disease because kidney disease can affect why it's not working sometimes, you know. So everything has to be in, 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 in balance, you know. So, yeah, just, just get screened and you, you, you'll you be surprised that um, they could they can head off and ward off some of the stuff that, you know, some of the complications that um it could bring because you, you, you caught it early. So, you know, never be mm -hmm. afraid to go to the doctor, man, especially the black people. We... Mm -hmm. For some reason, would not go to the doctor, man. You know, you know, I, I I do that on stage. I say, you know, white people, you know, they like that. I said it before. They find a knot on their leg, they gonna go to the doctor to get it checked. Black people find knot on their leg, we gonna fill on the other leg to see if it's not on that. If it's not on both legs, you're like, well, cool, it's supposed to be there. Now you walk around with cancer in both of your legs for six years. Yeah, you know, the best thing about this is that. Uh, you know, the positive about what's going on is that when people uh, are having their yearly blood work, mm. this is simply a matter of asking your doctor, Yes. hey, what, what is my estimated glomerular filtration rate? What's my kidney function? Am I functioning at 100%, at 70%, at 60%? What's my kidney right. function? Right. And let them tell you. And am yes. I at some stage of kidney disease? Ask them, and they will. Most practitioners are not going to be like, "No, I'm not telling you that." They'll tell you. But mm -hmm. You're going to have to ask. Like some agents, we, we're going to have to take some agency here, since that has not been done. Since simply telling you is not something that that has been done in the past, and there's not a requirement for them to do so, then ask. So take let me add. Let me add something to that. That blood work done. A lot of people are getting that blood work done in their annual um, checkup. They're simply yes. not understanding what the blood work is saying, and year over year that that their kidneys are declining. So that yeah. right there, simply asking some questions and taking yeah. control of your care team, a person can change the trajectory of of uh, their health. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and a part of that is to know the numbers and what the numbers mean. Right. And mm -hmm. and the other part of that is, unfortunately, is that we have to be proactive. So I think the question that I had asked us uh, earlier was, what is the what is the ultimate outcome we would want? 
And what the ultimate outcome that I would want is, a, is, is uh, let's say it's twofold, right? One is for patients to be as familiar with uh, chronic uh, kidney numbers as they are with their blood pressure numbers, right? That they know what EGFR is, that they know what an albumin to creatinine ratio and what that means, right? And I always say this, I've said it multiple times during the show, that if I told you my blood pressure was 140 over 110 or 120, most people, they would know exactly what they that meant, but they would do, Kevin, you're in trouble, man. You got to do something about that, right? Because those numbers are high. And so I want it to be that ubiquitous, right? And so the other thing that I want to be that ubiquitous uh, part of it is that primary care physicians are informing people of what their kidney numbers are. Because what, what most people don't realize is that if you have kidney problems, right, nine times out of 10, you're going to have cardiovascular, which is your heart right? You're going to have some type of liver because all of those internal organs work together and, and uh, there's going to be some type of, uh, or something in the body has to try to make up for what the kidneys are doing. Yeah. It's a very complicated internal system. So that's the, that's the second. And then the third thing is that we have some of the smartest people in the planet working in the space of kidney disease, cardiovascular, all diabetes, some of the smartest people on the planet or have found solutions to a lot of these issues in the form of medical therapeutics, in the form of social interventions, right? There are solutions to this and the people who yeah. need it the most simply don't have it. Well, there uh, are viable there, options. There's yeah, not, there are viable not sure, but there are some really great options that can help you uh, slow down the progression of kidney disease so you don't end up in renal failure, but it requires that we take some action. And, and you, on, on uh, on the part of, of patients, if, people, if, if my doctor is not going to tell me what my numbers are, I'm going to ask. Mm -hmm. That's my right to know. That's your right to know what's going on with your body and what's happening mm -hmm. uh, internally with you. So, you know, I, I really implore people to en engage that doctor or practitioner and become what you actually, what your position is in this, and that's the head of your care team. Your, your doctor, your, your practitioner works for you and their job is to be uh, as, as is to be a health center and help you maintain good health or attain good health if you don't have it. Wow. Uh, and you can only get there if you engage with that person because they really have a pool of knowledge that, that you don't have. I really like that, Tiffany. And you've been listening to On the Record, Kevin and Tiffany on 938 The Answer. Home of conservative Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.